0: AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. It is a Monday after the Vikings have played, and Michael Broadcorp, our usual political expert, he is kind enough to join us today as our Vikings expert to talk a little bit about the game yesterday and uh, what chance they've got next week against San Francisco. Hi, Michael. How are you, my friend?
1: It's great to be here. Big win yesterday.
0: it, It was nice. Boy, the Bears are a bad team. They are. That is one of the worst teams I've seen in a long time.
1: It was, um, you know, a win is a win. A messy win is a win. An ugly win is a win. That was an ugly win. And um, I I don't think uh, anyone, I mean, it's a win. It's points on the board. Mm -hmm. As I told your producer before I came on, points on the board, that's what we needed. But we shouldn't feel good about it. Uh, But we should also feel good about it, because we did win. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Well... (laughs) and <laughs> it is against Chicago. Who, does, who doesn't enjoy yeah. that? Uh, so, okay, let's let's talk first to the defense because uh, the defense not only got an interception for a touchdown, but they also basically sealed the game with, with two minutes left in the game. They intercepted an ill-advised pass to say the least, and um, they able to run it back and were able to run out the clock at that point. That ended the game. Uh, 19-13, I believe, was the final score there. So, you, you know, it is kind of a situation where... You know the 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 team the the defense came through and was able to deliver the the victory.
1: Yes, this is the game where i I feel the feel the best about the defense. I think they showed a lot of signs of life yesterday, and you know, all kidding aside, it, it was a win. It was an ugly win, but there was a lot of there's a lot of things to be positive about about that win yesterday. And uh, the defense did a number of things to show that they have some signs of life um, again. You know, it, it, the Vikings just do enough to, to to bring you back in. Just like when you feel that you're out, they drag you back in. And there's a lot of things um, that you can look at that game yesterday and say to yourself, God, there's there's opportunity here. There's reason to believe. There's reason to be optimistic. There's reason to have hope.
0: Well, and, and I think that... <sighs> there is you know there is there definitely is and losing Justin Jefferson for a few weeks is not a good thing i thought the the receivers did well obviously uh, tj Hawkinson is a, is a guy they're going to pr- pretty much going to be the main reception you know point kind of like san francisco and right. uh, kansas city have that that's their their primary number 1 target is a, is the tight end but at the same time can i just say there's a cultural element of this team that is not just a kirk cousins thing i've been watching this for years this team gets into third and long situations, and the mentality is a three yard pass when you have to get twelve yards is a good idea right. when the concept is you're banking on the defense screwing up for you to get the first down. it I mean, i, I i'm I am stunned. I mean, you watch like the Pittsburgh Steelers when they play a game. If they've got a twelve yard it's 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 third and twelve. Every receiver is twelve yards out or more. And they're throwing it for distance. I mean, it is just amazing how over the decades the Vikings have had QBs who on 3rd and 12 are throwing three yards and just then walking for the bench.
1: Correct. And one of the things, as much as we want to be positive and offer constructive criticism to the Vikings, every week when we're on here talking about the the outcome of the game, there's a big difference between this Vikings team and some of the other teams that, that play on Sundays. I mean, there's a big difference between the Vikings and the Eagles. There's a big difference between the, the, the Vikings and the 49ers, which we should talk about a bit because that's the game coming up for the Vikings. Yep. But they're just a structurally different team. And, you know, I think what we're looking at this season, Matt, is what we're looking at is every day, the day after a game, the glass is, on at a, at a good situation, the glass is half full. That there's things that we can be somewhat positive about, but this is not a team. This is not a team, as we consistently said, that's just a tweak or two away from, from being performing at the levels of which they need to to compete in the NFL. I mean, the defense did great yesterday. There was a number of, of, of opportunities that they, that they helped step up and do and needed to come in at critical times. But, again, it was Chicago, which is, you know, tough to, tough to, tough to come to that realization sometimes. But there's a lot. There's still reason to believe. And we're coming into a Monday night football game um, with San Francisco 49ers, which the Vikings could really flip their destiny if they win. Uh, I think current polling or current uh, stats, uh, probability of making the playoffs, the Vikings are around 30% right now, based on I think the New York Times gives the Vikings roughly a, a 30% chance of making the playoffs. Right now, if they win next Monday against the 49ers, boy, I think that number is going to go up quite a bit.
0: I would agree with that. And and just, you know, if you look at the 49ers, they the McCaffrey was out against uh, Cleveland. They lost yesterday. He was out, and Debo Samuels was uh, as well. It, it, more than likely, if you just know how teams work, they're both going to probably, both those guys, they're going to rest. They don't look at, I think, the Vikings as a team that is going to be too dangerous for them, and they probably right. are going to rest them, which is to our benefit because, Whereas if those two guys are healthy and they're starting, that's a very difficult game for the Vikings to win. Without McCaffrey and and, and Samuels, and they've got the uh, Purdy, Brock Purdy, their quarterback, if he doesn't have stellar receivers ready to throw to, he looks very average. And that's what he kind of looked like in that Cleveland game. There is a legit chance. I do not think this is necessarily a, a slam dunk San Francisco win. I think that the Vikes have a legitimate chance here because if those two guys are not playing, which my guess is going to be not because they'll want to save them for their, their divisional games and the bigger games coming down the line, then it, it, there's a, d- a distinct chance the Vikings could pull off that and, and get that win at home. You're
1: absolutely right. That's a very reasonable scenario. And I think that we should just be honest. And say that this is not a good Vikings team. Yeah. Um, that we, if we just, if we say it, I think we maybe could be a bit, a little bit more honest with our analysis. This is just not a great Vikings team this year. And there wasn't um, a lot of expectations coming in as to what they would do. And so, the fact that we're look, you know, we got that win, uh, you know, at Soldier Field, um, that was not a guarantee. That um, was absolutely not a guarantee that they could win. There was a, a lot of times in that game where there was reasons for Vikings fans to be concerned. Uh, but there's an absolute possibility um, that come Monday night, come Monday with San Francisco, the Vikings could be in a position to win that game. And if they do, we're coming into, they have a, you know, the, the central division is, I mean, the NFC I keep saying, I always say the central division, my goodness gracious. I'm going to get booted off your show. But <laughs> the division is, the division is interesting this cycle, this year because of the Lions and, and their dominance in the league. They have a, what well, they have a, Three game lead over the Vikings right now. Yeah, in um, the NFC North, and so the Vikings still have to play Detroit two more times. We have to play Green Bay two more times. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done for this team to get through the bulk of their division schedule. It's kind of a funny stat, but the Vikings are one zero in their division right now, um, which is you know, and they're in, they're in they're in division record right now. They're one zero, so it's interesting to see. There is a number of scenarios by which if the Vikings win, they could, they win next Monday, they could hold, temporarily hold, a wild card spot in the playoffs. And so there's a, lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of fluidity in the rest of the schedule for the Vikings. But I think as we've consistently said over the previous weeks leading up, the Vikings just have to win every week. And that's just the position that they're in.
0: And you brought up something three or four weeks ago. Which I'm going to bring up now. After this 49ers game, this schedule all of a sudden looks a lot different. And if you're three and four after the 49ers, and I mean, even if you're two and five, I will say this at the Packers, at the Falcons, host the Saints, at the Broncos, host the Bears, at the Raiders, at the Bengals, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games there. Where you may not be the favorite, but you're only going to be an underdog by a point or two, and if you do, if they go on a run there, there is a legit possibility that not only will this team be a playoff team, but they'll be, you know, th- those last uh, of those last three games, two of which are against Detroit. Uh, those are going to be very important games, and they're going to determine who wins the NFC North. Absolutely,
1: I, mean, I think you're, you're, spot on with, you're spot on with your analysis. One of the things that I think the Vikings. I think that's one of the problems with being a Vikings fan, particularly with this team, is that it's difficult sometimes for Vikings fans to just have the be the blowout seasons. And they're going to want to fight. We, there's just an expectation that they fight every week for to for to get a win. And yesterday was a game that you know you got the W, but you didn't feel good about it. But there's a number of scenarios here that you can pull together, as you've just articulated, where the Vikings could still be in this. And the question is ultimately for the long-term growth of this, of this team is do we want to make a wild card bid? Do we want to get into the playoffs with a wild card? Are we better off just, you know, taking advantage of the remaining schedule and and playing the long game? And that's what you're seeing discussed on, that'll be discussed at homes and at, you know, on social media as to what direction should this team go. But honestly, I think it's important for us to be candid and say this is not a good team, but there are opportunities that exist for the balance of this season.
0: Right. Uh, by the way, we will be moving you to Tuesday next week, obviously, because of this. Okay, uh, that's Yes. Yeah, so, um Question for you, and I heard uh, I heard uh, two friends talking about this, and I want to you know get your thoughts on this. Dalvin Cook's still part of this team. They actually have two more wins. Uh, what is your thought on that? I mean, he's not exactly tearing it up with the Jets. I mean, he's not bad. But it's uh, you know it's 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 not exactly like he's you know the Jets are a juggernaut with Dalvin Cook there. So the question I have is is kind of one of those things is where do you think this team would be if Dalvin Cook was still the running back?
1: I would think that we would be in a better position. I just honestly do. There was you know I, I don't I, I understand your perspective on the Jets, but I just think I understand the reasons why they had to do it. And there's going to be some tough decisions that need to happen with this team coming into particularly at the end of the season. Whether no matter where they end up. But I do believe, and it's a very interesting question, I do believe that if, if Cook was around, I think they might have a, a game or two that they picked up. They might be in a, in a much different position. Um, but that's just the reality. And, and, and we don't know, ultimately, because of where Dalvin is. It, I think I would have liked to have stay seen him stay here in Minnesota, but he's gone. And... You know, look at Adam Thielen, for instance. Yeah, I mean, he's with you know, he's with Carolina, and they're only six. Sign of the cross. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, and look at where he was last year. Fortunes can pivot, and fortunes can change. Yeah. I do think the loss of Thielen, the loss of, uh, of Cook, uh, and you know Jefferson, where he's been at, he's going to be on IR for a couple more weeks. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But the, yeah. the Vikings have that opportunity. Just like the Godfather, they suck you right back in every every Sunday.
0: Well or and, Monday night. And your and your point about Thielen, if Thielen was still on this team and Jefferson went down it would still be a pretty powerful offense, and, and nothing against. I, I like Addison, and I, you know KJ Osborne is is, is enjoying there. But the, it's. I think that beyond those two and Hockelson, the TJ, it, it's it really is. There's not a lot of depth there. So yeah, you're you're right. If those two guys are on this team, this is probably a much better team. And it would it, it's you know as you say, fates do turn. All right, I got I got to ask you a political question before you go because I got you here. Uh, I'm going to give it on the national front here because it's kind of quiet locally politically. Uh, your thoughts on Jim Jordan as potentially the new speaker, I don't think it's going to happen because I do think that there's enough people in the Republican Party in the House that don't like the idea of him. But I also wouldn't be surprised if people just kind of threw their hands in the air and saying we can't just be speakerless forever.
1: I think it's the latter. I mean, I think there's a real possibility uh, that he becomes speaker because I think Republicans are tired. I Mm. think that this process has worn them down. Um, and I think that they just, if, if, where does it end then? Um, because you're going from a compromise, from a compromise to a compromise. And obviously, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of frustration with Gates, Congressman Gates, and what he did in the 4% of the, the House Republicans that voted to remove McCarthy as Speaker. Um, you know, they got a pound of flesh on Scalise. And now Jordan, um, it's interesting to see that dynamic, It'd it's interesting to see what happens tomorrow in the vote. I will say to you, something that I think the overall relationship of the House caucus will be interesting after they move past this election, because there's been a number of reports about um, producers with John Hannity asking some pretty pointed questions, getting involved in that caucus election. Um, members can be very proprietary about those leadership elections and how they vote in the caucus, and they sometimes don't like there to be outside influence. And so I have a difficult time Let's say for instance that Jordan is the, the speaker. Is Jordan the guy that's gonna keep the, the gavel in the Republicans' hands? I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I just don't know about that. Um, it's there's just been a lot of frustration. There's been a lot of conversations. I've spoken to a lot of staff out in Washington over the last week that have uh, you know, just on background kind of getting the perspectives and it's been a frustrating process. I think it's been much more hard behind the scenes. I mean, the public has seen, I think, the delay. They've seen Scalise drops, um, and they've seen the rise of Jordan now. But this behind the scenes has been rough, and I think that there's going to need to be some time that the House Republican caucus is going to have to work together and get some of their cooperation back. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of the issues at hand right now going on in, around the world uh, and, in, and in the United States, I don't know if they're going to get much breathing room to do that. I just don't know if they're going to get much breathing room to do
0: that. If Jim Jordan does not become Speaker, what's your thought on the likelihood that they just basically throw their hands in the air, get McCarthy back, and he becomes a Speaker again?
1: I think it's more likely that McHenry would do something, Patrick McHenry, than I think McCarthy McCarthy coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't know. Uh, I think that that, there's been just a – you know, uh, McCarthy and Gates have – even though he's been out and he's no longer the speaker, they've been pretty hard with each other. And I just don't see how that dynamic works. Mm-hmm. I just don't see how that dynamic works.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that this is headed towards, I don't know at the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of the legislative session, or the beginning of the Congress, that Jim Jordan would have, would have been on the top of anyone's list, but this is what happens. Politics is the art of compromise. It is the, it is uh, the it is a lot of times it's about addition uh, more than subtraction, and the Republicans right now have been playing the addition game, trying to come up with the 217 they needed to win. Needed to win, and it appears as to right now they have a candidate that is in a position to do that. It's we won't know until the vote comes tomorrow.
0: Um,
1: but if if Jordan isn't the candidate, I do believe it's more likely that it's a, that they just stick with McHenry uh, than they go with McCarthy or someone else.
0: Uh, Michael Broadcorp, of course, uh, the, uh, the, the breakdown, the podcast. He's got that. I'll link to all that a little bit later on. Of course, we'll spotlight this interview. Michael, enjoy your week of triumph over the dreaded Bears. We look forward to chatting with you next Tuesday after hopefully a victory over the 49ers.
1: I look forward to being here, Thank you so much for the opportunity
0: again. It's, it's, you're great, man. It's, it's very nice to have you. Michael Broadcorp, our Vikings expert and our political expert as well, uh, kind enough to join us today. We'll take a break, wrap up the show when we do return. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.